Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Thank you, Farad, and welcome all my baby boomer friends. We are always glad to have you here with us on Another Day Above Ground. I'm Dale Irvin, and I'm a baby boomer, and I love talking to my fellow boomers about things that concern us. But of course, I cannot do it alone. I need my two partners on this podcast from from the Mile High City of Denver, where I understand you you can't see more than three inches today because it's so smoky. Please welcome Carolyn Strauss. Stop talking about my love life. No, you can't see more than three inches. Um, No, you cannot see the mountains from Dale. (laughs) What? <laughs> you cannot see the mountains from my deck right now. It is so smoky. I seriously feel like I've been in a comedy club for the past six days. <laughs> I mean, it's it's smoky. We had the worst air quality this week um, in the world. Worse than Beijing. Worse than India. It's pretty. It's pretty scary. Wow. Seriously. Wow. There's a vacation paradise. Then you yeah. don't have to go overseas. <laughs> Come on out. If it was snowing, it would be dark gray. It would be gross. Oh well. Well, where where there is no smoke and there's just fresh air and corn nowadays, that's Indiana, where uh, Tim Slagle, the Aristotle of comedy, hails from. Hey, Tim. Hey, speaking of boomers, former President Barack Obama just celebrated his 60th birthday party and was photographed dancing without a mask, which uh, created a bit of a scandal because not only uh, was it a possible way of spreading the virus, it also ruined the stereotype. <laughs> and I, I heard somewhere that, you know, the mansion that they held it at was unexpectedly swallowed up in the sea. It's global warming he didn't see coming. And uh, so they all had, to, all had to swim for shore. I hope they were able to save the gifts. What would you get him? And they, for his and they ran across three Kennedy girlfriends along the way. <laughs> A Donald Trump voodoo doll would be a good gift for him. One of those new Trump cards. Did you see that? Trump wants everybody to carry one of his cards. It's about the size of a credit card. It's gold, and it has his name and other designs emblazoned on it. And he wants everybody to get one. I think you probably have to buy one just to show that they're a Trump supporter. A Trump as long card. As, it, as long as it has his credit card number on it and I can use it for anything I want, I will carry a Trump card. I'm fine with that. Jeez, uh, according to people looking at his taxes, though, that might not be advantageous. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> It really. might actually lower your credit rating. Yeah, that, that card carrying that card is going to cost you no matter what <laughs> direction you look at it from. <laughs> And I keep I keep getting uh, offers from all, every credit card company in the universe wanting to give me free airline miles, which are pretty much useless right now. So I, you know, give me a ham or something, and maybe I'll sign up. Something I can use. That, but you know, that's what we're always looking for is but baby boomers, something we can use. And it's amazing. You know, you get to a point in your life, I think, where you don't throw anything out anymore. 
No, but if you've watched the Olympics, you could throw a shot put. Does anybody have any reason? So I was watching the Olympics. You know, they're over now. Although in six months, they start again, which, you know, talk about COVID messing up our timeline of life. In six months is more Olympics. I mean, it's going to be the next four years is going to take six months. And, and, but I'm looking at the shot put thing and I'm going, this does not look like someone who's in shape. And he's throwing this like 16 pound ball. Why? To see how far he can throw it. You know, I just, <laughs> it's, it's like a bowling ball. It's like taking a bowling ball and seeing how far you can throw it. And I just wonder what's the guy going to do after the Olympics? I think he's going to get a job with Amazon so he can deliver packages to the porch without having to leave the truck. <laughs> I think the Polish shot putting team, they, are, they actually trained with pins at the other end of the field. <laughs> And the javelin throw, same thing there. You know, we don't really use spears anymore. It's an old technique. You want to put some spice into it? Make one guy the catcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Set it up like a soccer field, exactly. right? Javelin throwing like soccer. Let's see what the what the net guard person can do. And the most amazing thing I saw in the Olympics was, I think it's called rhythmic gymnastics. Mm. Five girls out there, and they each have a hula hoop, and they each have clubs or something, and they're throwing all this stuff up in the air at the same time and running around and catching it. I mean, it was like a huge juggling act. It was amazing to watch that. But that's, five, that's... five girls with hula hoops sounds like something I saw in Vegas once. <laughs> It's, a, it's the title of several movies. <laughs> Anyhow, they, those kids had, the, had the, the guts to do something different. And that's what uh, today's show is all about. If Even if you're a baby boomer, or especially if you're a baby boomer, go out and do something different. Do something you've never done before. Take a chance on life. And that's what our, uh, that's what our special guest here today is all about. He's a guy who decided when he turned 50 that he was going to make the years between 50 and 75 the best years of his life. And that's, uh, that's his motto, and he's going to tell us all about what that means. Please welcome from Austin, Texas, Mr. Tom Singer. Hey, Tom. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Doing great, doing great. So you, uh, you decided uh, that you were going to make 50 to 75 the best years of your life. I'm assuming that's because that's when we get the senior discounts. Absolutely. You get the early bird special. I think it's easy to make 50 to 75 the best years of your life if up to 50 it sucked. This well, is easy. <laughs> well, that's so funny because everybody said to me when I made this declaration a few years ago, everybody was like, wait a minute, you've had a pretty good life. I'm like, I know, and I want it to be better. Wow. Wow. So – what are you uh, what are you doing to make it better? What's what keys that you can give our uh, our lovely uh, baby boomer listeners on how to make their lives from 50 to 75 better? So I, I have a tendency, my wife calls it that I have success through declaration. So when I turned 50, I made this declaration. I was going to make 50 to 75 the best years of my life. And to do that, I was going to have to start saying yes to things. I sort of discovered that in my earlier part of my life, I tended to not do things unless I thought I would be good at them. So if I had trepidation or I thought I would suck or it wasn't my natural skill set, I would find reasons or, or if it scared me, like things that were high, like airplane jumping and things, uh, I would just be on a say, Friday afternoon. Yeah, I would just say no. 
And so what I did is I, I took on this whole motto of try new things. And I've got a list over the past five years of like 15 different things that I've said yes to, most of which have like improved my life. A few things I'm like, check, never doing that again. And none of them ended up in a rash. Good for you. Well, I don't know if that's true, but uh, uh, none of them ended up in jail. So that was so it's, it's your bucket list, basically. Kind of. And it's it's little things like I used to weigh 30 pounds more than I do. Well, COVID came along. I used to weigh 20 pounds more than I do now. <laughs> and when I turned 50, I took up running and I had never run a mile in my life. And I decided that I was going to run a half marathon. And so I started training. First thing I did is I started training for a half marathon when I was 50 years old. And uh, I've now run two of those. And so it was just saying yes to things where and before I'd go running, that seems hard and painful. So no. Absolutely. Learning how to run is a good skill to develop if you're going to be doing stuff that might end you up in jail. <laughs> it's also a good skill to develop. You mentioned off the air that you were thinking about moving up to Chicago. It's a good skill here, too. <laughs> along yeah, I, don't, with I don't run fast enough to live, to live in certain areas. Faster than a speeding bullet. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so let, uh, give us a, a list of uh, some of the stuff that, you, uh, that you've done that you've uh, previously been afraid to. So I've always had kind of a little trepidation when it came to heights. And so one of the other first things I did is I was giving a speech in Las Vegas and I had like a six hours free one day. And so I decided that I was going to go over to the Stratosphere Hotel where they have a thing called the Sky Jump. It's an 108 story outdoor. It's not really a bungee cord, but it's like a tension jump where you semi free fall outside the building for 100 or the from the sky tower. I've and yeah. yeah, and I decided I'm I'm going to go do it. And my theory was. If they have a ticket available, I should try this. If they're sold out, that was God's way of saying, don't do it. And I literally showed up and said, hey, you know, I've, I've only got a few hours at the time. She goes, oh, we're sold out for the day. She, and then there's a guy going into a room and she goes, Billy, is there room for one more? And he was I'm like, no, Billy, no. And he was like, yeah, I can take one more. So I paid the money, went in, they taught you how to do it. And then you get up to the top and there's a big sign that says it's called the sky jump, not the sky push. We cannot push you. And when they said one, two, three, go, I didn't go. Like I was really scared. And then eventually I very wimpily fell off the building. Wow. Do they at the, at the, where, where you buy the tickets, do they also have a little stand there that sells clean underwear? Yeah, they should. They should because, <laughs> because I, I, I did not my pants, but I will tell you the experience taught me why people say that can happen when you're scared. Cause I was that scared. <laughs> Okay, so you jumped off a building. What else? How, what uh, about the deep sea things? Do you do any deep, deep sea things, diving or? No, but I would. Like if the opportunity came up, I would say yes to diving. I would say yes to going out on like a like a overnight fishing trip on the deep seas. I haven't done that yet, but those are things that would have scared me, and I would probably do that now. I, I did take surfing lessons, and I found out that I hated it. Um, I did not really enjoy the surfing. My knees weren't strong enough to get on the board. Somebody else's board hit me in the head. I didn't like that. Uh, so I haven't surfed again, but I tried it. So that's the whole thing. You don't have to like it, but you just have to put, put yourself out there and try it. So I do a thing on Mondays. I'm a big Starbucks drinker. And when I go into a Starbucks on Monday, when I get to the front of the line for the last like four years on Monday, I tell the barista when they ask me what I want, I say, well, it's Monday. It's barista's choice day you pick my drink and it's got to be a coffee drink. I want a grande drink and it's can't be anything on the menu. And so they'll like 
serve me like an invented drink or something that isn't on the menu. And sometimes I've had it before. Sometimes it's crappy, but uh, I try it. Yeah, you get an ornery barista. It's like, here, let me go to the espresso machine. (laughs) Yeah, I will tell you what I've learned, and that is never let anybody try to serve you a beverage that has both caramel and peppermint in the same beverage. That does not go well. <laughs> so, so Monday evenings, do you do the same thing at a bar? Because no, that but would I be should. way more fun. Yes, that would be so awesome. Monday, <laughs> Monday morning coffee, Monday night happy hour, bartender's choice. Bartender's choice. I'm gonna next time I go to a bar, I'm gonna say surprise me. Yeah, you're gonna end up like with, with one of those twenty-four dollar bl- bright blue fruity girl drinks. <laughs> What's wrong with reason- those, Tim? I recently was served a French 45, a French 75, which is like gin, sugar, and champagne. And I thought, oh, this is going to be horrible. And it turns out it's awesome. So, yeah, new drinks are a good idea, too. Well, I like your concept of you don't have to like it. Just try it once. I've been trying to get that through my wife's skull for a long time. (laughs) Wait a minute. You have a a two-year-old grandchild. You don't have to like it but you have to try it isn't that what you tell her about broccoli i no she i don't tell her anything she's free to do whatever she wants because she's my granddaughter there are no rules here at grandpa's house wow good parenting i'm excited to meet her later (laughs) (laughs) I, i don't have grandchildren but i understand they're better than children because you don't have to make parenting decisions you just get to have fun Exactly. They get a little testy, you send them home. Otherwise, you just give them stuff and you're their friend. Oh, it's a good deal. Yeah. It's you... it's a similar joy to a rental car. <laughs> <laughs> Only the rental car you never have to see again, Tim. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to deal with the owner. Now you mentioned uh, is one of the things that you uh, that you tried is uh, is stand up comedy, which uh, Tim and I have been doing collectively for over sixty years. Uh, what do you think? You like it? I do like it, and I keep doing it, and I'm not that good at it, but uh, I'm not as yeah. Horrible. Neither are we. I'm not as horrible <laughs> as I could be. The, the way this came about is I was in New York, and I reached out to Drew Tarvin, who's another speaker. And I said, oh, I'm going to be in town tomorrow night. Let, you know, let's go out. He goes, oh, and he's a professional comic too. And he said, oh, I'm going to open mic night. Come with me. And I, my words were, I would love to see you work on new material. To which he said, that's not what I'm inviting you to do. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. And he said, aren't you the guy who teaches people to try new things? And I was like, damn it. I hate it when people use my own stuff against me. So I went to New York. I, I got up. I did a five-minute set at an open mic night. And it wasn't great. I mean, I'm pretty sure had Jerry Seinfeld been there, he would not have been worried about his future job security because I did it. But he uh, but uh, afterwards, I decided I'm going to do 100 open mic nights and see what happens. And I'm now at about 120 open mic nights. I've been invited to be a featured comic in eight shows in Austin. Uh, Never, never the headliner, but like the guy who starts off who isn't so good. But I got the spot. Well, it, the, the the feature would be a paying spot as opposed to the as open opposed mic to what nights. I get. Yeah, you can go broke on those open mic nights. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, but it's 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 been fun. And pre-pandemic, I started to see like clients of mine who had used me before 
would say things like, wow, we hire you because you're good, but you were better as the master of ceremonies or as a keynote speaker. And I had one client say, why are you better? How did you get better? And I said, I think it's the comedy. I think it's the open mic nights to which she said, well, you weren't funny on my stage. And I'm like, well, no, thank you, I think. But uh, I think I it is- was trying to be. Yeah, times I tried to be, but but I think for me, it's it's made me more playful and it's made me more uh, it's made me more playful on stage and made me more brave. I think the combination of the two has made me a better speaker. So that's a good thing. See, and it's it's a different uh, it's a different comedy world now than when Tim and I got into it because not only did you have to worry about you know not doing real well, but occasionally you'd have to dodge stuff being thrown at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would think it's harder now because not on this show, but in general, you have to be so politically correct. People in the audience just get mad at any little thing. Yeah, I've seen never with my comedy, but I have seen like audience members get triggered and start screaming and leave and security has to pull them out because someone told, you know, a 9-11 joke or something like that. I'm like, I'm like, wow, it wasn't a funny joke, but wow, I didn't know you needed to be carried out from the audience screaming. Hmm. Yeah, I've had a few shows like that. Me too. Me too. I did one in Dayton, Ohio. It was a small bar. I forget the name of it. It had about a four foot by four, four foot stage. And uh, I was uh, telling the jokes about having a job at Disney World, and they, I had a, a blank gun that I used. Whoa, here comes the hippo, you know. It's, and I had it sitting there, and this guy right to my left was just heckling like hell, you know, just going crazy. And finally, I turned to him. I said, "I gotta tell you," or no, he, I, 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 I made him mad. He walked out the door, walked back in five minutes later with a huge two-handed broadsword. It was like something out of Sir Lancelot. And he puts it down on the floor with the point on the ground, his hands on the hilt. He goes, all right, now be funny. And I picked up the blank gun. And I said, gee, I kind of wish this was real now. And a little well-dressed black man sitting right in front of me opens up his sport coat, said, don't worry, brother. This one is, and I like you. <laughs> Yikes. So it, it could get tense in the old days. So what would you, uh, what's your your suggestions for for baby boomers on doing stuff different? What 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 tips would you uh, would you give us? So I think that if your natural inclination is to say no to trying some activity, you know, get yourself past that. So I I never was really outdoorsy. I was a city kid. I was raised in Los Angeles. I I went to college in San Diego. I live in Austin, and uh, my youngest daughter is really outdoorsy, and so around this whole time of trying new things, she announced, I want to go to the Grand Canyon for this vacation that she was in charge of planning. And I said, Boston, Boston sounds awesome. <laughs> and she was like, no, I want to go camping in the Grand Canyon for three or four nights. And I was like, oh, oh no. And she and I had a great time on, on the trip. And so, you know, I probably would have not said yes, you know, if I was 45 years old, but at, at 52, I was like, all right, I'll go to, I'll go to the Grand Canyon and sleep in a, a tent cabin thing. And uh, we had a great time. So I, I find that as long as I say yes and do it once, now I'm like super into to hiking and, and going outdoors and stuff from the last few years where I never used to be. So if you were offered or had the money, uh, you would be willing to go up in Jeff Bezos's wiener rocket? Absolutely. I would be the king of the wiener rocket. That sounds wrong. <laughs> I'd be the king of the wiener. <laughs> 
Yeah, if Jeff if Jeff Bezos is listening to this podcast and he has another, you know, extra free spot he'd like to give, I I would go in a heartbeat. Wow. Wow. Well, he's one of our favorite listeners that we tell people we have, but we don't really. And um, <laughs> is there anything you're, that you're afraid of that you won't do? Um, Spend a lot of time with me. Tom. Yeah, no, Carolyn <laughs> yeah. actually frightens me. Spending too much time with Carolyn is, is actually very scary. Uh, yeah, I would be really scared to like be around like real wild animals, like, you know, like people who like to like. Yeah, you already said that. Or uh, lions. What'd you say, Tim? He already said you're afraid to be around real wild animals. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Carolyn frightens us all when we spend too much time. So you're, you're, you're not alone there. So you wouldn't be like the Tiger King and want to be, a, you know, pet a tiger or a lion or something. Like a little baby one, maybe. But no, I don't want, I, you know, the ones that are going to sever an arm. No, I'm really not interested in that tiger. Okay. So what, uh, what else, uh, what else would, uh, would you not want to do? I don't like caves. I don't go into caves. I saw an Andy Griffith episode where the, where the opening collapsed. And I, ever since that episode, I won't go into caves. Did, did Barney Fife rescue everybody though? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But he's passed on. So who's going to help us now? You know? How do you feel about the New York subway, Dale? It's like going down into a cave. Oh, no. One time I did it, never again. No. Are you kidding? Yeah. Really? Oh, my God. I took the subway like four times a day when I lived there. I'd go down. People are afraid of you. So, yeah, for the most part, I'd, I'd try anything. You know, I... Uh, uh, all kinds of things are fun. I, you know, on the lesson thing, like I went whitewater rafting this last year and that was something that would have scared me because it just seemed hard and dangerous and you could hit your head on a rock. And I did all of those things and I still came out the other side enjoying it. Uh, you know, I, I also, this last week, I had never been to a professional soccer game. In fact, I'd never paid any attention to the fact that soccer was a sport and Austin now has a professional team and a friend of mine has season tickets. And I was like, yeah, whatever. It'd be fun. Go drink a beer with my friends. And now I'm like this huge fan of the Austin FC, which is our team, and I want to go to more games. So who knew that I would be a soccer fan? Is it outside soccer? Yes. I'm they afraid of being outside in Austin in the summer. That <laughs> I'm more afraid of than any sport. <laughs> you mean 110 degrees in humidity is a problem for you? Yes. <laughs> soccer is a great sport if you like to see grown men holding their knee and crying. <laughs> I like when they line up for the penalty shot and they all got their hands over their parts. <laughs> oh, we could combine soccer and dodgeball. See, that Carolyn be hasn't been doing a whole lot of open mic nights. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> sometimes that shows. <laughs> yeah, but I've done a lot of nights and that's what matters. <laughs> and sometimes his name was Mike. Galahad, any... <laughs> Lancelot. Tim, is there anything that you've always wanted to do but you've never done? Um, no, not really. <laughs> no, I'm not the ambitious type. <laughs> uh, go to the fridge and get a beer. No, I wanted to do that. Uh... <laughs> I was I was feeling really motivated this morning, so I I laid down for a while till the feeling went away, and uh, you know, <laughs> that that works good. 
I don't. I don't think I could ever. You. You said you did skydiving. Did or was that before the show? Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I haven't that. skydived yet, but I will as soon that's, as I get the opportunity. Yeah. That's one sure. of mine, Tom. You want to? We should try to do that together. Seriously, that is one definitely on my. I'm gonna do it before I turn, whatever the next decade is. Well, as I, I said, don't think, you, I don't you, think I would like sky. Me. I don't think I would like skydiving because that thing you have to do on your first jump kind of makes me uncomfortable as a man. It excites me to be <laughs> to be strapped in on another human. Are you? I don't care about the jump. I just want the strapping in part. <laughs> I, I've done. Can we go higher. I want it to last longer. Tim, they say, Tim, they say try new things. Come on, strap yourself to that guy. I've done skydiving light, which is a, a, a thing called I fly, and they're in a yep. lot of cities. Yeah, and I've you go that. into this round cage, and this huge fan blows you up. It was the coolest feeling. And I asked the guy, I said, what is this like as, for, as far as skydiving? He said, it's very, very similar, except when we turn the fan off, you're not going to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I I would do it except not out of a plane. You know, I'd do it out maybe a car window or something. But I, I don't want to fall that far. I will tell you, I wish I had tried a lot of these things when I was younger. I avoided like I had friends who all went skydiving when we were 21 and I was kind of a chick and I didn't do it. And, you know, I look at things like, you know, friends who went on like long desert hikes and, you know, through the mountains and different things. And I'm like, that would have been fun. I didn't go because it didn't seem to be in my comfort zone. So. I wish I had tried new things when I was younger because it probably would have made me more successful and I probably have better stories to tell if I had done some of this scary. And when you break <laughs> stuff when you're younger, it heals faster. Exactly. The bruises bruises go away. <laughs> and your insurance is cheaper, so you got that yes. going for you too. One last tip I'm looking for, Tom. One last thing to pass on to our baby boomer audience on what they can do to make their lives between 50 and 75 better. So set a goal for something that's big that you have to plan for, save for, put yourself out there. So my youngest daughter, who's the one who got me into the outdoors, when she graduates from college in three years, her lifetime goal is to hike the Appalachian Trail from Georgia to Maine. It's a six-month hike. It's over 2000 miles. If you through hike it, which a lot of people say, Oh, I hiked the Appalachian trail and they went for like a day. Uh, it's six months. And so I am planning, I'm, I'm saving money so that, uh, you know, my wife can do things like eat and pay the mortgage while and I'm divorce away. Divorce you. While not you're divorce away. me. No, she, <laughs> that's the goal is that I come home and I still have a, a, a wife, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm making plans now for a trip that's three and a half years away, but it, it's sort of exciting. The other thing I have to do is I have to strengthen my knees because I found out recently that when you're six months on the Appalachian Trail, at some point you have to poop. And if you don't have strong knees, you're never going to be able to get up again. So uh, I'm going to the gym and doing knee exercises so that I can actually do this trip in three years. Okay, bring a bungee cord and you wrap it around a tree and you use it to hold on for squatting. Three years of strengthening my knees at the gym sounds like a better idea. <laughs> I can just see the trainers. Oh, what do you want to do? I want to poop in the woods. <laughs> and so I want you to make... I actually hiked the Appalachian Trails in the Blue Ridge Mountains and on my motorcycle, and we saw the signs of the Appalachian Trail. I did a good 100 yards on there. And uh, so, you know, I got my picture taken next to the thing that says Appalachian Trail. So that counts as far as I'm concerned. You know, you could just do it like the astronauts. 
What's that? They just poop oh, and poop. let it float. Oh, we're back to poop. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just wondering, is doing knee exercises so you can poop just seems like, uh, <laughs> seems, like a it seems to be, it's got to be an easier solution. I still <laughs> hung up on that. You have to be, you have to be able to, to, to bend those knees or you're going to end up with it in your shoe. <laughs> Which no, will not keep if you the have a zero away. gravity toilet. <laughs> You know, it's well, funny, Tom, you and I both do MC work. And what I've been telling my clients lately is that I'm the Metamucil of your conference. I keep everything <laughs> flowing smoothly and make sure that no bad shit happens. So that's, so we're on the same theme. God, your business card, your business cards must be awesome. <laughs> They're printed on toilet paper. <laughs> They're fiber Anyhow, rich. I like it. We're ending on a very strong note, my friends. Please, no matter what you do as you get older, always remember to poop. Be able to do it. Strengthen your knees. Put a, you know, a, a, a take a cane with you. Whatever you have to do, because apparently we've learned from our guest, pooping is the most important part of life, and that's that's important to learn. <laughs> So thank you for being with us, Tom. As a matter of fact, I'm going to cut this short because I have to poop. And uh, you know, the only thing worse than doing it without bending over is doing it on a live podcast. And uh, where, if people wanted to, uh, to get a hold of you and find out more about your, uh, your products and stuff, where, where would they go? TomSinger.com. That's T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. Okay, and why did you why did you spell your name that way? I remember as a kid, my favorite shoe store was Tom McCann, which was T-H-O-M. I've never figured out why, because most Toms that we all know, their given name is Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S. I've never figured out why people take the H out when they shorten it. I just got rid of the ass. <laughs> and Thom is an interesting name, right? Yeah, Thom is much more interesting. It's, it's very weird when people say Thom. It's like, really, have you not, like, you know, been around the block anywhere? Tom these, are people, these are people who would step in poop. <laughs> thanks so much tom oh and you have a podcast it's called making waves at sea level that's the c as letter c as in executive ceo cfo right exactly yes so you could listen to that too or uh, find out more about it at tom tom singer.com thanks so much tom enjoy having you here well, we'd like to thank Tom Singer once again for joining us and talking about, you know, how you can make 50 to 75 most exciting. You know, a couple of things. You could, you know, take all of your pills that you're taking now and just dump them into a big bowl and take a handful each day. You don't know what you're getting, but that'll make it exciting. You know? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a senior do. swingers party, isn't it? <laughs> like a key party for told people. And just for fun, mix in some peanut M&Ms just to make it tasty. <laughs> it's, see, see, I was going to say senior potpourri, but that's not it. Potpourri is something different. Or poopery, as we've just been talking about. So uh, that, uh, that wraps up another show. Carolyn, what have you got uh, coming up? or what are you doing or uh, are you still looking for men should we solicit on the show i don't want men i want the one great one if you're great and you're at least six feet tall and can sustain yourself in every way and you're not mentally ill reach out <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be great and uh, you know that's yes. a very subjective thing it's sustainability it's all about sustainability yes it is <laughs> How about you, Tim? What uh, what do you got going on? Well, you got the TV show. 
I got the TV show that's every Friday and Saturday night at 9.30 Central Time on uh, 59.3 in Chicago and Peoria. That's VPod TV. Uh, streams live. It's called Stand Up Sit Down. I interview uh, comics for, for a half hour. Uh, if you're not in the Chicago area, you can uh, go to vpodtv.com and watch it live there. Or you can download the Roku VPod app. Well, is it on... Is it on uh, uh, What's that? Uh, what's that thing? With all the kids. YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, the thing. All the kids yeah, uh, the previous on. shows are up on YouTube, but it's uh, the link is too far for too long for me to say, and too long for anyone who listens to this show to remember. So <laughs> <laughs> you want to? You have to probably go to my website if you want to know the link for previous episodes. Ah, there we go. There we go. All right, and uh, you know I'm still here doing the uh, the Friday funnies, making you laugh in your house where most of us still are each and every Friday in both a video presentation and a written presentation of the week's news. And you can subscribe absolutely for free. It's my special this week, absolutely free, two for one. You can sign up a friend for free too. Just go to daleirvin.com. That's D-A-L-E-I-R-V-I-N.com. Other than that, if there's no further questions, we look forward to seeing you all or talking to you all next week. And uh, just go out and make it a great day because today is another day above ground. And that's it for another day above ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.